Uh, pleasant good morning to everyone and welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown. Coming up on today's show, I guess menu looks like this. Of course, we'll be joined by Charles Etlin of the Alcorn State Radio Network, Mason Smith of HBCU Legends and Sports Illustrator. He'll join us to give us a, a preview of Southern University's 2023 opening football opponent, Alabama State. Then in hour number two, Charles Bishop. Uh, he's the voice this year of the Prairie View and them uh, radio network will join us. And then a special guest picker of week one in the Southwestern Athletic Conference games, former Southern University and NFL great Maurice Hurst. That's the guest menu for September the 2nd, 2023. A new month, a new football season here for 2023. Here's what's trending on Nicolas Brown show. Southern University opens the 2023 football season. Of course, we'll get into a lot of uh, Southern University and Alabama State coming up. High expectations on the bluff as it should be. In women's soccer, Southern University defeated Southeastern 1-0. The Lady Jazz with a big soccer victory over Southeastern. And then got to eat a little crow for those last week. You remember our predictions uh, for the Swag Miak Challenge, JSU, all over South Carolina State, 37-7. So I will be eating crow on today's edition of the Coles Brown show. That's what's trending. Now we'll introduce Charles Edmund of the uh, Alcorn State Radio Network. Charles, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Good morning from the hub city, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Alcorn and USM. Let's get it on. Uh, can, can I just give my opinion quickly on that? I, you know how I feel, folks. These games, I understand they're necessary, and I text you this morning. If it was up to me, and I, I, I don't know what percentage will disagree with me, but it'll be one game per four years. Charles, I had a guy that emailed me about two years ago and said if they didn't play these games, the athletic department will take a big hit. And so with that being said, well, I'm not saying it's an easy job, but I, I just don't like these games. So I guess Alcorn will uh, take home a, a nice paycheck. And uh, I, I believe Alcorn will try their best to uh, win this football game, but it, it, it's going to be tough. Charles, they had uh, one Southern uh, Miss former player on the podcast I, I just happened to see. He said they were going to score 70 points. So the goal of Alcorn State, I humbly believe, that they, Southern Miss will not score 70 points on Alcorn State. Alcorn will be ready to play, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, on the topic of playing these, playing up in these money games, we've had this conversation at nauseum, and the reality is it's not going to change until we start filling our own stadiums. And until that happens on a consistent basis, six, seven home games a year, every school in the league and filling up your stadium every game. Not talking about just homecoming or your rival game, every game. 
then you'll see a lot less of that. But until mm. that happens, unless that happens, this is what we have. And so when you look at this game, I mean, it's great in terms of the, the hoopla, the hype, the buildup. And I think that because these two schools are two hours away, two and a half hours away from each other in state, the money stays in state. You've heard all that, you know, Southern plays Tulane or McNeese. You, you, you hear that. But this is not your typical USM ball club. This is a USM team that's on the upward trend. Now, regardless of where you put them in the FCS pecking order, down at the bottom, mid-tier, I think mid-tier is probably, you know, I think you can safely say that they're ascending there. Um, this is not your typical USM team that you look in years past, three and eight, four and seven, you know, whatever. This team is really good. They got a Clemson quarterback and Wiles that's going to start today. Frank Gore Jr., the son of Frank Gore. 5'8", a spark plug, a beast. It's going to be all over the field. So this, this USM team is pretty good. They got a nasty bunch defense. That's what they call them. And um, we'll see how the Braves offense, you know, gets it done. We expect Tyler Macon will get the start today. Fred McNair was very coy this week and not announcing who the starter is. One of the Jackson reporters put out on Facebook that it's already been decided that Tyler Macon will start tonight. I have the depth chart. The depth chart has Tyler Macon as the number one. But you talked to Fred McNair 48 hours ago. He says the competition is ongoing. So we'll see at 6.02 who rolls out there for that first series. Um, we kind of expect it's going to be Tyler Macon. Aaron Allen's been battling. But that that's going to be the interesting battle. How quickly can this Braves offense? get going and this Braves defense which really played well at the end of last year can they slow down this USM offense but to your point Carlos these games are going to continue you know Alabama State played UCLA last year and even though that game was scheduled a while ago I think you're going to see more of these games maybe not at the the depth but you're going to probably see one team a year for the most part play these type of games and until we do more within our conference and our conference games and our stadiums, I think these type of games will continue. Well, you know, I, I have the sneaky suspicion that they're just going to continue to do it. I, I could be wrong, but it's just so easy for, for an AD to get these type of games. That's why I would limit them to one every four years, but I'm no AD. Just just my opinion, um, unless you're going to make a tremendous amount of money, and, and this may be a bad example, last year, Southern went right across town, got north of 700000 Yeah, it's historic, and it's good to, to play these type of games, but again, I'm just looking at some of the um, teams that play, quote-unquote, up. Got to give a shout-out to Howard. Um 33 to 23, 10-point loss to Eastern Michigan. Now, Eastern Michigan is not a power five team, of course. They're a group of five, a great representation of themselves. Um, UAPB went up early on Tulsa. Mm -hmm. My cell phone was going off. I said, go UAPB. But I knew what was going to happen. 
that early emotional turnover went up 7-0, lost 42-7. So in most cases, it is what it is when you play up. You want to come out, play the, the best that you can play, come out with no injuries, and then get ready. Next week for Alcorn, to me, will be a better indication of this football team and mm. the following week. Yeah. So we got teams that are playing up. We got teams like Southern University playing Alabama State, a conference school, but the game doesn't count in conference play, but overall it does. Mason Smith uh, will join us in a matter of minutes. We're going to take a quick timeout of HBCU Legends and Sports Illustrated, and he'll kind of give us a preview of Alabama State, kind of similar to Southern University. Defense was their strong point last year. Offensively, they're looking for a better play. From the offensive standpoint, Southern University, Harold Blood, he has owned the position since the spring. Um, expectations are high for Southern University. And quite simply, people have been throwing out scenarios to me. The only scenario that I would want to see at the end of the year is a swag championship and playing in Atlanta. But to do that, you've got to what? Win the week. The first week, you got to go one and zero every week. So we'll look at Southern Alabama State. Of course, uh, Maurice Hurst will join us. He'll uh, pick the games week one along with us, Charles. Uh, of course, Mason Smith join us. And then Charles Bishop, uh, the new voice for Prairie View and m Athletics. He'll give us a preview of Prairie View and Texas Southern. And also, I couldn't help but ask him, Jackson State of FAMU, which uh, plays uh, Sunday. Charles, I'll just say this. If not now, when for FAMU? So expectations are high all across the board. FAMU and Jackson State coming up tomorrow. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll visit with Mason Smith right here on the Carlos Brown Show. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. 
A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown, Charles Edmund of the Alcorn State uh, Radio Network. Today's first guest, Mason Smith, for the first time on the Carlos Brown Show. Uh, he does work for HBCU Legends and Sports Illustrated. Introducing Mason Smith right now, preview Alabama State University. Mason, good morning. Welcome to the Coles Brown Show. Thank you much, Carlos. Can you hear me all right? Hear you fine. Hear you fine. Well, Southern and Alabama State kick off the 2023 football season, the Labor Day Classic in Montgomery, uh, Alabama. Both teams spouting strong defenses last year, offensively, trying to improve. Uh, with Alabama State, Coach Eddie Robinson, a Louisiana native, talk a little bit about the expectations for Alabama State this 2023 football season. Well, I think the expectation is definitely starting at the quarterback position. They want to see what D. Davis can do in his second year in the offense, second year in the system. There was a lot of pressure, you know, talking to the coach, talking to players. There was just a lot of pressure on David, you know, transferring from Auburn, learning the offense battling some injuries, you know, just adjusting to the high expectations that he had on his shoulders. Now, I think the expectation is Davis will bounce back and have a better second year, even though that Damon Stewart, the transfer from UAB, has looked really good in some of the scrimmages. I had a chance to attend a scrimmage a couple weeks ago where Damon Stewart threw a beautiful touchdown pass, and there were still some struggles with the offense on, on Davis's end, but Eddie Robinson has kind of stuck with him. Even when we talked to him on Monday during the coach's call, he said Davis has the inside track to start week one against the Southern Jaguars. So I'm expecting D. Davis to get the first snap. Yeah, well, that was going to be my next question because of the Demetrius uh, Davis um, getting the start. And um, now year two for him. And then Damian Stewart, as you mentioned, coming from UAB. Um, but has Coach Robson been kind of satisfied with the competition during uh, fall camp? I think so. I think the biggest thing is that you want your 
first and second and even third quarterback to push each other in competition. Uh, Robinson's always quick to mention Nyquay Lett, who's the third quarterback. He was kind of banged up, you know, through camp. He didn't really play as much as the first two, but those are kind of the three quarterbacks that get, you know, any kind of first team reps, but it's of course a two man race between Davis and Stewart. And one thing I saw that I want to point out, Carlos, at that scrimmage, the offenses were vastly different with Davis at the helm versus Stewart at the helm. I'm not talking about production, even though we can talk about that. With Davison, it was a much more of a quick pass game, you know, inside the line, you know, relying more on Jawan Howe, who's a really good runner. I think he'd be great this year. And then with Stewart's at the helm, five receiver sets, empty backfield, shotgun formations. So it seems like a very different game plan depending on who the quarterback is. And it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of balances out as the season gets underway. Mason, I have the sneaky suspicion that maybe you'll see both quarterbacks uh, this afternoon at 5 p.m. I Put it this way, I wouldn't be shocked, Charles and Mason, if you see both quarterbacks. No, I, I certainly wouldn't either. I think the, the challenge is if Davis can show us he's improved in his passing game, that it's his job for sure. I think that was the main knock on the fact that he struggled passing the ball. There's no doubt about his athleticism. There's really no doubt about his ability to use his legs. We want to see him progress as a passer. And if he does that, I, I highly doubt we'll see Damon Stewart today. But if he continues to struggle with passing the ball, especially how he looked at that last scrimmage, Damon Stewart is probably going to see the field. There's going to be even hotter competition for QB for QB one throughout the year. And, and kind of looking at some of the statistics from uh, last year, um, it's safe to say that Alabama State, and, and I believe Coach Robinson uh, kind of alluded to this, they still want to run the football and improve on that, but they're still a running football team. How can they improve, or do you believe that they feel that they can improve any improve any more in, in, in running the football? Honestly, I think the improvement just comes from use of personnel. The one thing that Robinson has talked about consistently from media day up until now, Jawan Howe, running back one this year. He was honestly the odd man out in that earth wind and fire backfield last year with Jacoby Mary and so done. There was a lot of desire, at least internally, to see how we'll get more touches. But ultimately, Robinson decided to stick with Merritt. And even when I asked him at media day about how Howe's going to be the starting running back this year, he said he had to apologize. He had to apologize to Howe saying, hey, we didn't maximize your skill set last season. We're going to make sure that's a different case this year. Now, there's a lot of talent in the backfield, Jalen Sultan and other guys that are probably going to share some running back touches with, with Howe. But Howe is 100% RB1. I think he's going to be really solid along with that offensive line. You know, the passing game we've been talking about having questions. The running game looks really, really solid to start the year. Yeah, once again, looking at some of the statistics from uh, last year, rushing 111 yards per game, passing 195, total offense 307 yards. But defense is where uh, Alabama State hung their hat last year. And uh, how can I not mention Colton Adams, a uh, tremendous player um he leads that that stiff that stout alabama state defense we call him bubble around these parts i think he's definitely the leader of that defense everybody's a fan of him but even adams has talked about how the defense overall is really solid you know they have a lot of uh talent in the secondary jacoby myers and, and others that have really made some nice plays through camp i think that's one thing that's going to like about the defense is just going to keep them in games and i think we saw that last year against jackson state if we think about it, the issue with Alabama State last year was definitely not the defense. They kind of kept them in games. Even seeing that pick with Keenan Isaac now, Keenan Isaac and other guys, Urshad Davis, they're no longer on the team this year, whether they've transferred out, they've gone, gone on to the NFL. But 
there's a lot of talent on that linebacking group. There's a lot of talent in that secondary. I keep my eye on that that defensive line, though. You know, they didn't look the best. They did look like you got the job done during that scrimmage. But this is going to be a really good point of attack for them this game. Charles? Yeah, Mason, um, my question is for year two for Eddie Robinson Jr. Of course, we're going to be going to Montgomery coming up later on in the month. First time in a few years that we've seen Alabama State. Um, they won the MEAC-SWAC Challenge. They had a big midseason win over Texas Southern, kind of hurt TSU's chances to win the West last year. Uh, what, what's the expectation for, for this year, too, for Eddie Robinson Jr.? Kind of a out of – I wouldn't say out of a box hire, but when they were looking for a coach, Eddie Robinson Jr.'s name was not one that, that you thought about. But surprisingly, a good season. I think people, in my opinion, are satisfied. What's the expectation in year two? What's the next – What's the next level for Alabama State? Well, for one thing, the next step is them definitely being a bigger contender for the SWAC, the SWAC East, and ultimately the SWAC Championship. I understand it's been Jackson State and Florida A&M than everybody else in the Eastern Division, but now it's really time to start pushing that, pushing that envelope and seeing what they can do. Now, the defense is definitely a championship-worthy defense. I think they're going to be a really good contender this year. Offense is the question, and I think that's going to be a really good sign of how Robinson has progressed from year one to year two. We just talked about how Jawan Howell did not get a lot of touches last year. And, of course, anybody that's followed Alabama State football, they saw how D. Davis struggled. They were maybe calling for Miles Crawley. Ultimately, we stick to Davis, and now Miles Crawley is in line to be the starter at Grambling State. So it's going to be the same thing. If Davis does not improve, will it be Damon Stewart's time to shine, or will he stick with Davis again? I think if he sticks with Davis again, he continues to struggle. There's going to be a lot of questions. I don't. I wouldn't go as far as say it's the hot seat or anything like that because, again, like you said, they had a successful first year. But I do think there's going to be some concerns if the offense does not at least reach the level of defense. you got to be able to play both sides of the ball, execute. I think it's going to be a big deal for him. And, and Carlos, I think that's, that's just another trend that we're looking at this year. I mean, how many teams are in the same boat a in lot. terms of offensive continuity, how it's going to look like? All corn with a new quarterback. Southern with, with blood, how that's going to look. But one thing we can't question, Carlos, and Mason, the defense, Alcorn, Southern, uh, Jackson, even though what we saw from Jackson State. So I think that just in looking at Alabama State situation is just continues the trend that we're seeing throughout the league. Will the offense match some of these teams' defenses and how they played last year? And, you know, it's going to be interesting because if you look ahead, you won't have these same questions, in my opinion, for 2024, because you have returning quarterbacks, you know, unless the transfer portal, but it it, it it does say something about how the quarterbacks that are coming in, if this if they're first time leading the offense, how will they manage the game? How will the coaches call the games? Will they be conservative? Will they have a uh, complementary running game balanced? I I just think uh, Mason and Charles. You don't put a whole lot of pressure on your quarterbacks. In other words, what I'm saying is they don't have to win the game by themselves. And we'll see how these offenses do they improve. Another question for you, uh, Mason, What and you have the post on the Alabama State fan base. Let's say if they don't uh, challenge, per se, get second or first in the Eastern Division, what do you think will satisfy the Hornets nation just improving and, and challenging, or do they need to really make a statement this season? 
Well, when it comes to Alabama State, I think the biggest thing is you got to win the uh, Magic City Classic. I know it's kind of a you know a joke, but when it comes to these HBCUs, if you win your Classic game, that can right a lot of wrongs, at least in the short term. But you know, overall season wise, I think the biggest thing they want to see is a, a significant improvement on offense, especially from D. Davis. If you're going to stick with him and he continues to play, you know, he ascends and he progresses in his you know quarterback play. I think fans will be a little more excited about it because as great. You know, as hopeful as they are about the team this year, you know, they still respect Florida A&M. They still respect Jackson State. They understand that those two teams, you know, at least how they look so far, have looked really solid. Those are veteran teams that we're talking about, at least on the Florida A&M side. And we saw what Jackson State did against South Carolina State. So I do think there is some understanding, like, hey, being third behind those two teams, the two teams that are considered, honestly, the two best in the SWAC, at least as of this moment, I think there is some, you know, positive to take away from that. But they need to see a significant improvement, a significant improvement on offense. They gotta see D. Davis be the guy. They want answers that quarterback. They want to see Jawan Howell be that person. If he can do that, I think they're about to take away positively this year. Well, well Mason, let, let me ask you a quick question because this is what I've always, of course, Alcorn was in the East for so long. Every time I come to Montgomery, you talk to Bama State football fans, the first thing they say is win the Magic City. Okay, well, what about number two? win the Magic City, okay? <laughs> what about number three? Win the Magic City. And then whatever else comes from that comes from that. Is that still the case? Or because of the success that they had last year, there's a little bit of division fever knowing that it, it could be a little bit more up for grabs? Honestly, I still think Magic City Classic is number one. I don't think that's ever going to change uh, really in any case. I know that if if Southern, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, if they win the Bayou Classic, hey, the Bayou Classic is a win is a win. But definitely, I do think, Charles, that outside of the Magic City Classic, they do want to see improvement of their football team, especially winning games they're supposed to win. If we remember, Arkansas Pine Bluff was a win they were supposed to have. They were not that great of a team last year, Arkansas Pine Bluff, but they still ended up defeating Alabama State. I think winning games like that would also be a really good sign of, you know, getting the job done. There should be no reason why Pine Bluff should have been a loss. And, you know, games that they should be winning by a lot, they're not winning by a lot. So I do expect, you know, a better, a more improved record, you know, in terms of getting the job done. Uh, Joseph says, and I think it's a good question from the chat room, who needs this win more, Dooley or Robinson Jr.? I'll answer that last. I, I'm going to try <laughs> to be objective here. But uh, what do you guys uh, think of uh, uh, Joseph's question? Who needs to win more, Dooley or Robinson Jr.? Dooley. No question about it to me is Dooley. I mean, the momentum coming from last year, winning the Bayou Classic and getting the SWAC championship game. You named your quarterback early. A lot of a lot of hype around that, around blood. We've been talking about it for four months. There's no question the pressure is, is on Dooley to get back to where they were last year. And as you talked about at the top, Carlos, get to Atlanta. I still think Alabama State is probably another year away. So, But there's no question Dooley has to win this one more than Eddie Robinson, Jr., Mason? I have, to agree with, I have to agree with Charles. I think when you make the championship game, that accelerates expectations. It expedites them. Now, that could be a right or a wrong thing, but once you get to that game, you taste the idea of being so close to being a champion. You want that feeling again, and the idea of being there sooner than you may think, whether you know it's a, it was luck or delusions of grandeur, or even you earned your way, because they still earned their way at the win games. They need to get back to that game to kind of continue that momentum, or be extremely, extremely close if they can't get it. Now, I understand that there are things that have 
you know, out of their control that have happened if a team goes undefeated like Jackson State did in the West, you know, a Western team goes undefeated, then, of course, we understand that. But Dooley, for sure, would really need this win. I, I would agree with that. And, and, and Mason, I was a little bit worried. You know, I, I've heard it before. I kind of knew where Charles was going. Magic City Classic. You know, I, I, to me, that's a given. I want to see the mindset move. And, and you kind of touched on it to kind of move past that because sometimes that can take over from a mental aspect. And then before you know it, you'll have the fan base saying, you know, hey, we need more. Win the Magic City Classic, but I think championships and playing for them, high expectations, I think that should be the ultimate goal uh, from the outside looking in for Alabama State. Oh, of course. I think that's definitely the goal. And, of course, when you think about it, you don't want to win one game a year, even if it is a Magic City Classic or even if it is Labor Day Classic or even if it is homecoming. You want to have a winning program that wins most of their games. That is ultimately what drives fans and revenue and everything you want to talk about outside the game of football. Winning drives that stuff. You cannot exceed in other areas without winning. So while Magic City is great, fantastic bragging rights, you know, Alabama A&M and, and everything that's included with it, you still want to win games. You still want to say you are a champion. And this is, and keep in mind, you know, Eddie Robson played for an Alabama State program that was one of the best in the swipe during his time. So it's it's one thing to kind of help bring that back, especially at your alma mater. I, yeah. I will say this, Carlos, the athletic director there, Dr. Jason Cable, he's an author knight. I know him personally, know him well, played college ball at Alcorn. Dr. Cable stepped into a really good situation. You look at facilities, you, you know, the swarm tour, all of that. There's a lot of positive momentum in the state of Alabama for Alabama State, putting their coaches out there in different cities. So you talk about the success of football, but that also drives the rest of the athletic department as well. So if you can win and win at a high level, be in contention, I think that just generates a lot of positive momentum, not only for Alabama State, but for the city of Montgomery. And I think that's kind of what folks over there, at least in my opinion, I think that's what folks are looking for. Yeah, well, I had me worried there for a second, but uh, no, I guess I'm just being facetious there. With, with, with the Magic City Classic, um, you know, graduate of, of Southern Mason, it, it's just a given. I, I don't have to talk about the Bayou Classic. It talks about itself. I want championships, and that's kind of what I look at. And so, yeah, pressure, I, I think Southern fan base, they are realists. If Southern gets off to a bad start, you will see – how quickly, how quickly this fan base can become turn around, become vicious. But then I just think that's how most fan bases are. Sometimes not realistic, sometimes uh, realistic. If Alabama State wins this game, Mason, they will win because of what? David, if they win this game, it will be because the offense did enough. Every time someone asks me about this game, I say, I think SU is going to win, but I think it's going to be ugly. The defense is going to do the grunt work for Alabama State. The offense just has to do enough, whether that's Jawan Howell and the running backs holding off to the ball and, you know, running running well, or with the quarterbacks, you know, being sufficient and having a solid game managing game. Like you said, Carlos, the quarterback doesn't have to be a world beater. Neither guy has to throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. They don't need that but you need your quarterback to have complimentary play to the rest of your offense. If you get that, 
Did they do enough? ASU can win today. And, you know, guys, it's going to be interesting because um, they tried to keep the <laughs> the official depth chart for, for Southern University for me. No, I'm just kidding. But um, thanks to my many sources that are proven, a, a guy who ha- has experience playing against Alabama State, he gets the nod, starting running back, Gary Qualls Jr. Now, everybody will play, but I find that interesting that he and when I had him on the show a month or two ago, you know, he just said it's it's another game. And I tried to say, well, come on, Gary, you're playing against Alabama State when you were at Alabama A&M. But he was consistent. He said it was just another game. But I I think he's going to be fired up. And I think Alabama State's going to be fired up to uh, go up against the former Alabama A&M running back, Gary Qualls Jr. Um, Mason, any take on that? him getting the start for a Southern University at running back? I think that's a big deal. You know, one thing that Dooley has talked about is the fact that the running back room is so deep. You know, starting is not guaranteed in that position. So the fact that Gary Carlos is running back one for week one, I think that's going to be a really big deal for them. I think he's going to have a really solid game. You know, I don't I don't doubt that. I think Dooley has really made sure the offensive line is up to snuff because in addition to a running back, you have Harold Blood who – Great, great Louisiana prep school product, you know, hasn't really played much on the collegiate level, if at all. So now you want that offensive line to be stout and give him time to just read and process and get his feel and grow as the game goes on. Well, on that note, we're going to take a timeout. Um, Mason, if you like, you can stay over another segment and we'll kind of uh, pick your brain on some other uh, ball games going on in, in, in the conference. Um, got got some got some big ones. You got the Labor Day Classic. Um, you got Alabama and them playing up. Of course, Alcorn playing up. Bethune Cookman playing mm-hmm. up. Kind of get your thoughts on that. I, I, I've given my thoughts on, on these play up games, but um, we'll come back after this timeout. I was hoping to hear from member Craig Pierre of the Blue and Gold Century Club. Um, last report, they had passed Gulfport and they were heading to Montgomery. We'll see if we can catch up with him on the Blue and Gold Century Club bus. Jaguar Nation heading to Montgomery, Alabama. Also pulled up a weather report uh, for Jaguar Nation going into uh, Montgomery today. Seems like it's not going to be as hot. It's not going to be as hot as it has been in the past few weeks. But more of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. 
The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E.com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, KeversVoice.com. Always on, all the time. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton, Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College uh, Sports Network. I'm going to tell you about a proud sponsor of the Carlos Brown Show. Of course, it's the Blue and Gold Century Club. Uh, they are proud supporters also of Southern University uh, Jaguar Athletics. The Blue and Gold Club will have first-class uh, bus trips all season to Southern University away games. Travel with the Blue and Gold Century Club to Montgomery, Alabama. They're on their way as we speak. Of course, uh, $165 would have uh, paid for your way to Montgomery. Also, uh, 
for the ride. We would include refreshments and Southern parents of football players receive a special discount. For more information, and they're going to be going to all of the away games, contact Craig Pierre at 225-324-7234. In the chat room, for those who are interested, uh, Colorado, I guess, got their first chance with the ball. They went down and scored um, 7-0 over uh, TCU. Welcome back, Mason Smith of HBCU Legends and Sports Illustrated. Any other um, big games that um, you're going to be looking at in week one in the Southwestern Athletic Conference? Well, I think we all know what the big game is this weekend, but we'll save that for later. I think the game I'm looking forward to is Texas Southern versus Prairie View, the Labor Day Classic in Texas. I really like Andrew Body. You know, I watched his tape last year. I watched how he did against UTSA. And I understand that when it came to the second-best quarterback in the SWAC, I understand the arguments made for Andrew Bowdy over Jeremy Musa. True dual-threat guy, can make the throws, still developing. I understand that. So I want to see how he's continuing to progress. And I'm willing to go ahead and say it now. If he continues to progress, I think he could be another quarterback from the SWAC or from HBCU ball that we can see playing on Sundays. Like He has the build. He has the tools, the intangibles. But I understand he has to continue developing to really maximize that potential. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play. And, you know, it's interesting, Charles. Here's a guy that can do it all. I want to see that they get past the point of him having to be super spectacular every game. What are the complementary pieces around him? I know a new defensive coordinator. um, They came very close, that close, to representing the Western Division. So with that much talent, I want to see development pieces around him. And then defensively, I want to see them improve enough where they just don't have to rely on body for everything. But that's just me from the outside looking in. Yeah, um, talking with Coach McKinney at Media Day, I think he hit the nail on the head. He said for Andrew Body, he has to go from being the man to being a man. When, he's, when you say a man, meaning a piece in this thing, the first two years he felt like he had to be Superman. And you saw that, forcing the ball, taking sacks. You, you, you saw those growing pains. But this is the game in which you'll know if he's turned the corner, if he's on the positive track for that or not. We will find out right away with this game. If Texas Southern wins this game, then I think you can say that, you know, body and TSU's well, <clears throat> well on the way. We talk about pressure. I think there's a little bit of pressure for, you know, for Coach McKinney and Andrew Body. They're tied at the hip. And so if Body can can at least do his part with the new defensive coordinator with some pieces there, I think Texas Southern can very much uh, stir this Western division pot up pretty good. And, of course, Mason and Charles, as usual, no one's really talking about Prairie View, who very quietly, I, I, I think, now is their time also. Their expectations are, are high. And I'll come up with my predictions for this game a, a little bit later. But it, isn't it interesting? No one seems to really talk about Prairie View. And I don't know. Prairie View players probably kind of like it. But it's interesting what we see about Prairie View and them who also needed one win to get in on that same day 
to represent the Western Division in the SWAG Championship game? I think I'll take the lead on this one first. I think it's interesting that you bring it up, Carlos, that Prairie View is kind of, you know, treated like the, the second school in Texas a lot of the times. You know, I think they've proven themselves with Trazon Conley and others that have really done well for that team. So I do think that Prairie View has something to prove. You know, they can do that against Texas Southern, who is a contender in the SWAC West. I do believe they're one of the teams that can contend for that division title. I think Prairie View needs a good, solid statement win today if they really want to cement themselves, or at least a good, solid show to let them to let people know, like, hey, Prairie is here to play ball. You know, we're not here to just, you know, be part of the everybody else in the SWAC West. We're here to contend for the division title just as well. And they and Charles, they return a returning quarterback who, if he has improved, then it gives them an opportunity, a chance to 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 uh, hear themselves in contention. For the Western Division. Well, for me, it's about, of course, Prairie View being in the same division, but if you just step outside of the box, for me, it's about whether Prairie View can finish the deal. Coach, you know, Coach McDowell talked about it at Media Day. Like the last couple of years, we have fallen on our faces down the stretch, losing the Valley two years in a row at the end, lost the SWAC championship game, uh, lost to Alcorn in overtime, a game that hurt their chances for winning the Western Division. Prairie View can start out like a ball of fire, but can they finish the job? I think that's kind of what Coach, Mc, Coach McDonald's been talking about. And, you know, I think this game's up for grabs, but for me and Prairie View, it's not necessarily how they start, but can they? will they get to the finish line if you're a Prairie View fan? I think that's kind of the big story. Interesting. Well, we'll have an opportunity to do that. And I think it's, you just have to win the week. You, you look at the week, you can't look too far ahead. And I, I think for for those teams, sometimes they get caught looking ahead, but not, not just those teams. But you know, when you're dealing with 18 to 21 year old student athletes, you know you can tell them be prepared. You don't look ahead, and guess what? They do that. So you got to go out and just win the week. Uh, Mason, any other game besides that? Now I guess we get to the FAMU <laughs> and Jackson State game for week uh, two. For Jackson State, absolutely. I think the Florida A&M Jackson State game, Orange Blossom Classic, is has all the implications that you would want in an early season matchup. Like like Coach Simmons has said, the winner of this game has gone on to win on uh, the SWAT the past couple of years. So I think it's a big deal to see if Finn can get over that hump. You know, there's been a lot of talk about their schedule, just how they have some Division two opponents. You know, how that much they can weigh, and you know, as far as the FCS playoffs, you know, they don't count Division two games. So it's almost like they're pushing all their chips in for appearance in the SWAC championship and ultimately the celebration bowl, which is understandable. I think it's maybe the team, the year to do that. So I, I'm excited to see them play. But Jackson State, they are now a known commodity. I think that's the biggest thing that everybody is kind of, you know, excited or nervous about is the idea we know what to kind of expect. We've seen all these pieces work together in some form of unison. Now, I will say, like most people can say, we did not expect South Carolina State to look that bad. Like we we expected something completely different that we did not get from the Bulldogs. I do expect them to bounce back, but my goodness, that was a really rough first game for them. So I do is think, it, yeah. Is so, it is it safe to say that maybe this week is a better indication of what Jackson State has? And I, I have to eat a little crow here because, um, you know, I, I had South Carolina State winning 
the game. Yes, I did. You you, you weren't here last week, buddy. And, and so I, I did have this big speech about the heart and the head. The heart said uh, Jackson State because it's a swag team. But my head was with Coach Buddy Pugh and announcing his retirement. See, Mason, I'm, I'm just brutally honest. And see, Charles is looking like, how can I make that prediction? Well, we don't want to pull up his record. It, it's, not squeaky, <laughs> it's not squeaky clean as always. But to your point, Mason, South Carolina State offensively looked really, really bad. And, and this young man feels got difference almost yeah. after the game. So I, I think this week will be a better indication. But I did say before the season started, uh, the cover is not bare at Jackson State. And I know they went oh, through a lot of transition uh-huh. and got players, but they are still – Tough, and if family doesn't get it done tomorrow, so I uh, one thing I want one last anecdote I want to add about the South Carolina State Jackson State game. Um, listen to this description you have a veteran quarterback who's had a lot of experience in college football who's expected to lead the offense and do great six, things. Six year, right? I you would have thought I was describing Corey Fields, I was describing a three year starter in the system, you know, it's been a lot. been. That's who I thought I was describing. But it turns out we're describing Jason Brown, a veteran quarterback in college football who led his team officially and effectively. So I think that, that was one big shot. But back, back back to the main topic with the Orange Blossom Classic. Florida AM, I think they're more, I don't want to say just a more consistent and disciplined team, but it's the idea that they've been together. They're more proven. They've competed against, you know, a lot we know what to get from Jeremy Musa. There's been a lot of expectation with Jamari Sharid, the wide receiver. Javon Morgan and Kendall Bowler on the defense side of the ball, we like we've seen from them. Like, it's a lot to like when it comes to how those guys have played for the Rattlers. And I think they're going to do a whole lot better, you know, this year against Jackson State. And Jackson yeah. State, Charles, <clears throat> defensively, they really won in the trenches. They they made it very uncomfortable for Mr. Fields back there. And, and, and FAMU, offensive line, Cordell Thomas played at LSU coming in. I, I just think FAMU right now and play one game is they are much better than South Carolina State. Yeah, you know, for, for yeah. me, I was just surprised at that Jackson State, South Carolina State game altogether. I mean, the way that offensive line for Jackson State blowing off the ball and they were able to do whatever they wanted to do whenever they wanted to do it. And that was a, a total surprise. But you know, we talk about pressure, Carlos. You talk about it all the time, you know, for Florida AM. You know, I love Willie Simmons. He was offensive coordinator at Alcorn. We, we have a, always a good conversation, but I think for, for Rattler fans, and I, I say this in tongue-in-cheek, every time you see Willie Simmons in the offseason, somebody's putting a check in his hand, 100000 50000 25000 You know, there's a lot of pressure. When you donate that kind of money, the expectations are ratcheted up. And so this is the time in which you feel like, can he turn the corner? Last year you had the issues with the eligibility, the North Carolina game and all that. But mm-hmm. as they bragged about and talked about just the other day, every player is eligible. You know, their, their AD's done a nice job in, you know, getting that program on solid footing as far as that is concerned. So now's the time to turn the corner. And if they don't get it done in this Orange Blossom Classic, the schedule's not easy. It's unforgiving. You don't know what to expect in the East. Bama State's coming. You don't know what Alabama A&M's got. Bethune. So th- if Willie Simmons is going to get over the hump, Tomorrow's got to be the day to do it. And, you know, Mason, it's strange in a way 
take away the two Jack State losses, they pretty much haven't lost any conference games. So, yeah, the pressure is is high, the expectations. But I can say that throughout this conference, Lorman, Baton Rouge, Huntsville, there's pressure. How do you handle pressure? I think when it comes to pressure, you have to just, you know, channel that energy and put it into your game. We always said that in athletics, you know, pressure really doesn't add – it only takes away it really doesn't add to, you know, your success. If anything, you want to channel that and make sure you're putting it towards the game. And at the end of the day, a lot of coaches just say either you win or you don't. You know, life will continue to go on. I understand that some people may not agree with that that logic or that, you know, reason when it comes to coaching. But at the end of the day, if your players are too – you know, anxious. They're too worried about making mistakes and wondering what's going to happen in the line. Focus on the day. Focus on this play. At the end of the day, nothing else really matters until today comes to an end. So I think that's going to be the biggest deal in terms of handling pressure. And Carlos, before we get out of here, there is definitely one more game I want to mention. But as far as the Orange Blossom Classic and pressure dealing with the entire swag, you know, you got to just make sure you channel it and use it to work for you and not against you. Yeah, Carlos, you know, Willie Simmons – you know, two years ago at Media Day, in talking about opening up against Jackson State and just getting it going right away, he says he embraces that. He says, hey, I want to know right off the bat where I stand. So, hey, here it is. And so he'll know right off the bat where he stands. The last couple of years has been tough. This year will be tough. And, you know, I've, I've got to still think about my prediction. I, You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still considering, you know, maybe changing my prediction based on what Jackson did last week. I'm still I'm still debating it as we as we get to the top of the hour because I think it's going to be a, a, a good football game, but uh, I, I think for Willie Simmons he enjoys the pressure he embraces it and we'll see if he can get through that pressure and, and get it done against Jackson State. Well, it'll be a uh, national audience on ESPN, 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Mason Smith, appreciate you coming on the Colos Brown Show. Won't be the last time. We'll uh, check back with you periodically uh, during the football season, and um, we wish Alabama State much success. However, today, for today only, hopefully (laughs) they fall just a bit short. I'll take a one-point victory, a two-point victory, or a blowout. But I'll have my prediction at the uh, end of the show how I think it's going to go and what Southern – uh, must do to uh, get a victory. If you would like, you can give your prediction on Alabama State and Southern. If you'd rather not, I understand. I think I'm going to go Alabama State wins the game in an ugly one, like 14-9. to nine. I do not think it's going to be pretty. I think it's going to be a dogfight. I do think that both teams will play well, but the defense will step up for Alabama State to get the job done. Wow, this reminds me of the old Celtics Lakers in the 80s. The Lakers want to go up tempo, Southern want to go up tempo. Alabama State, they want a, a slow, ugly, half court offensive game and win it in the end. So it's a matter of tempo. And we shall see. We shall see. But we'll visit your prediction uh, next week. Uh, have a, a great rest of your weekend and. Um, for those who want to follow you, give them your uh, social media handles. Definitely. You can follow me on Twitter, Mason T underscore Smith. You can definitely see my content, my information I post there all the time. Also follow my publisher, Kyle Mosley at KT Mose. 
but also HBCU legends. You know, we definitely do game because we also try to explore news all across the HBCU sports landscape. So, again, HBCU legends, check us out. Let us know what you think. All righty. Appreciate it, Mason. Thanks for coming on the show. That was Mason Smith, HBCU legends. Charles Bishop is standing by. Here's a guy I just happened to know for a few years, and look where he's gone, too. From an educational standpoint, you've seen him on social media. Now he is a part of Dr. Cavill's HBCU inside the sports lab. And then also now, when he told me a couple of weeks ago, I was so happy for him. The voice of Prairie View and them Panthers uh, radio network. And we'll say radio. It, we could just say media a, as well. We'll come back in about a minute. We'll be joined by Charles Bishop right here on the Black College Sports Network. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show. We shall return. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. SlowBurnWaco.com.
Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Charles Bishop is our next scheduled guest. Charles, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. <laughs> All right, perfect, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, first and foremost, a uh, pleasure to have you uh, once again on the Carlos Brown Show. Congratulations. Did I... Did I say it right? The 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 voice now of Prairie View and them athletics. Yeah, uh, I will be uh, doing the Panther Vision uh, Network today, so uh, it'll uh, swap from from time to time Panther Vision or radio. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And, and Carlos, let me start by saying uh, very appreciative. I've been mentored by a lot of uh, great people within this conference. Uh, your co-host Charles Evans as well. Uh, and I'm very appreciative of, of guys like Charles Edmund, Rob J, uh, Larry Chatterbox, Hill, yourself, Dr. Cabill. And uh, now I get an opportunity today to kind of uh, put everything together that they put into me. Isn't it wonderful about building relationships and sometimes, you know, being in the right place all the time? And um, congratulations to you, uh, Bishop. I'm sure, I know without a doubt, you're going to do an outstanding uh, job. Um. Two games to look at for you specifically. One being the Labor Day Classic, the 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 real one. Some will say a Prairie View and Texas Southern, and then Fam U and Jackson State. Kind of get your thoughts on that. But uh, first and foremost, not a lot of people talking about Prairie View. Uh, we don't talk a lot about them on, on on our show. We give them a little love every now and then. Um, do you think that they will have a, a chip on their shoulder? Because, like Texas Southern, they had an opportunity to represent the West last year. Albeit now, that was last year. Now it's 2023. Do they have a chip on their shoulder, you think? Yeah, I think they will have a huge chip on their shoulder. And one of the things that you uh, take a look at is uh, this is a winning program. You're talking about a Purdy program that has had 10 straight winning seasons and nobody is particularly talking about them. Uh, they could be a, a dark horse candidate, if you will, in Swag West. But this is a very veteran uh, ball club. Uh, you talk about an offensive line, they've been together uh, for four years. You're talking about some pieces on the defense, they've been together. And that's one of the things that the coaches have harped on, that this team uh, not only is a, a, is a close-knit team, but they've kind of grown up together. So, uh, yes, there will be a huge chip on their shoulder. Uh, they know uh, that they did not finish last year. And that was the big theme in camp this year was to finish. Very interesting tidbit. Uh, out of their five losses last year, Purdy was ahead in three of them uh, at half. Mm. So uh, finishing, and I heard Charles Edmund talk about it, uh, it is one of the huge themes, not only for Purdy, but for Texas Southern as well. Well, it looks to, and great point, because Charles did bring it up about uh, finishing. And here is a kind of a, another similar game, like Family and Jackson State. These two teams know they're going to face each other first game every year. What is um, Prairie View uh, whole mental aspect coming out of fall camp? Because the reason I ask, most places in, in the geographical blueprint, extreme temperatures, were they able to uh, practice smartly? And did they have to alter any of their fall camp practices? 
not only did they practice, but they practiced in the heat of the day. I was out there uh, <laughs> uh, from uh, a brutal uh, 9 a.m. heat to 11 a.m. heat. Uh, and, and, and in Texas, it's been a different sort of heat. I mean, you get uh, triple digits with muggy. So it's been, <laughs> it's been uh, a brutal summer. Uh, but uh, uh, to Purdy's uh, credit, they, they put their guys through the paces. And uh, they've come out with flying colors. Uh, I think Coach Bubba McDowell feels as though his team will have uh, sort of a psychological edge uh, going into this game in terms of uh, just the, 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 the brutality of camp, if you will. They've really gone through it. Well, I, I, I'll just let out a secret. Charles and Charles, Louisiana kind of piped some of that humidity into to just to, to the West. But all jokes aside, it, it, it was uh, brutal. Uh, another thing, Prairie View and then returns their starting quarterback. Once again, we hadn't really talked a whole lot about it. How has his improvement been from 2022 to 2023? And will today be an uh, indication of that improvement, hopefully from the purview and inside. Well, I, I think when you take a look at it, and that's one of the things that uh, this coaching staff has been really proud of with regards to Trezon Conley, uh, just uh, picking up uh, and, and trying to go to the next level, if you will, for this 2023 season. They know they left uh, the proverbial meat on the bone last year, and they're chomping at the bit to get back out there. And when you take a look at the dynamic that he adds to this purview offense, uh, not only can he pass the ball very well, uh, but he added uh, another 600 yards of, of rushing offense uh, to already the number one rushing offense in the SWAT. So uh, they are going to be dynamic uh, with regards to the, on the offensive side of the ball and a piece that I think is going to be a very key piece uh, for this Kirby offense is they have a transfer uh, with regards to Brian Jenkins coming over from Alabama a and And when you talk about Brian Jenkins, when healthy, he's a complete Swiss Army Knight. Uh, he can, you know, line up with the X, the Y, the Z, uh, but he becomes a mismatch whenever he's out there on the field. And he's one of those guys, he's crafty, he knows how to get open, and that's one of the things that this coaching staff really loves about him. Interesting, Charles Edmund, another Alabama a &M transfer, huh? Yeah. <laughs> wow, how interesting. I could go somewhere with that, but I, I better not. Charles, go ahead. Charles Edmund. Charles Bishop, congratulations to you, man. Congratulations. You, congratulations. You and I have been kind of nipping at this thing for a little bit, and I'm, I'm glad that you have that opportunity. I'm really happy for you. I want to talk about the Prairie View Texas Southern rivalry, and we understand rivalries. You're a Jackson State guy. You know Jackson Southern, Jackson Alcorn. You know what that rivalry is all about. I don't quite um, under, well, not understand, but trying to get a feel of the Texas Southern Prairie View rivalry. Can you kind of Explain that how big how big of it a big of a game is that in terms of just the overall rivalries in in the swag. Huge rivalry here in Houston, and even more so this year because I think there is a lot of buzz around this Texas Southern football team. Uh, Dr. Kevin Granger, uh, the Texas Southern Athletic Department had a huge uh, fan fest this past week. Uh, they really showcased all of the uh, Texas Southern athletes, but there is a lot of buzz around this game. And a lot of Texas Southern fans, they're hoping to get that get back, if you will, because they've lost eight straight Labor Day Classic. I believe Prairie View has won 16 out of the last 19 Labor Day mm. Classic. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's a, a, a bit of uh, a chip on the Texas Southern fan base shoulder. Uh, but we were at SWAT meeting today, 
this was a team that had a lot of buzz around them, uh, especially uh, the way they kind of came up short last year. Uh, everybody uh, right there, one of the last few weeks of the season, were right there at the doorstep of getting to the SWAG championship game. And another team that's talking about finishing, this is Texas Southern football team. They feel like they did not finish last year. So this is a huge, huge game. Uh, SWAG West to kick things off. A lot of similarities between Prairie View and them and Texas Southern guys both had a chance to uh, check that box and say we represent the Western Division in 2022. So now uh, this is an opportunity for them to uh, kind of put those 2022 feelings aside and get a fresh start. Uh, oh, I see this is from Charles. Must be Charles Bishop. I thought you were swag true and blue in non-swag games. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I, I and I said I paid a terrible price for that. You know, Jackson State fans always let me know when they consider my judgment not to be good. <laughs> and we, we saw that a couple of years ago, but boy, you're talking about um a, a Jackson State team that uh, I guess I should have known better. I said the coverage was not bare. Mm-hmm. And boy, they got after South Carolina State. And guess what? They did what they were supposed to do defensively. And I'll say this, and you told me this last year, Coach Thurman was the mm-hmm. MVP of that staff. I mean, they just – it just makes things so much smoother when you got a defense that is nasty and come after people and they're able to get it done. But um, you're right, Charles. I, I paid a terrible price for that. How, <laughs> how, how, can, how can I go against Jackson State? Even, hey, Carlos, even, even tomorrow. You know how aggressive a fan base Jackson State is, so you you know you had to pay a penalty for that. <laughs> oh, I know. And that's why I always talk about both fan bases, Southern and Jackson State. They're like oil and water. They're just the light, the passion. So I, I should have known better. So I'm eating crow again. <laughs> I'm eating crow again. Um, but back to the Prairie View and Texas Southern, um, for Prairie View to win, if they're able to win, it'll be because of what a couple of things that will stand out to you. Uh, defensive special teams. I mean, both of these teams have veteran offensive lines. Uh, offensively, I expect for both teams to be able to move the ball. But it's it's all it's, I mean, it's probably cliche to say it, but it's about who gets the stop and who can get points when you are, are, are turned away, if you will, in the green zone or some people call it the red zone. But I, I think that's going to be huge in this game when you take a look at um, Texas Southern, especially uh, last year, they were near the bottom of the conference and stopping the run where they're going against uh, the number one rushing uh, offense in the conference. Uh, but I think uh, a piece that uh, Texas Southern has now, they bring over Everett Todd, who, of course, was defensive coordinator at Grambling during the Grambling championship run. So we'll see what sort of piece that means for this Texas Southern defense because I think for them uh, to get over the hump, they're going to have to play a little bit better with regards to stopping the run. And the same thing with regards to Prairie View. Uh, I think uh, they have a great set of linebackers led by Keyshawn Johnson, who's a preseason all-swag pick. But they're going to have to go out there and go for some stops because a lot of people look at Andrew Body as one of the more – even the most dynamic uh, quarterback in this conference. Charles? Yeah, I, I think this this game was the game I was targeting. Um, we'll, we'll see, for me, if Andrew Body's going to turn the corner, Charles Bishop. I think that's one of the big storylines. Um, but but for your team, and I'm sure you, you, you're deep dive into it, 
what, what's Coach McDowell's mindset right now? I mean, his team's been so close for the last couple of years. They went to the championship game in the spring season, but they haven't been able to, to close the deal. The loss to Alcorn in overtime really broke their back last year. Uh, what's his mindset? I mean, they, they start fast, and you're like, Prairie View, Prairie View, Prairie View, but then Prairie View fizzles at the end. What, mm-hmm. what do you think is the key to getting over that hump this year and finishing the thing? Well, I, I think, and, and this is a very interesting piece that I think Prairie View uh, has that came over the transfer portal is a, a between-the-tackles back like Caleb Johnson, uh, who rushed for uh, over 2,000 yards during his time in Mississippi Valley. Uh, I think in fourth quarter, uh, it's about controlling the clock, if you will, and staying physical, staying fresh in the fourth quarter. And it ties back into that theme of finishing. So I think that's a very important piece that they brought in to to really get those hard yards, especially uh, when you get late in the games and you're third one, third and two, uh, a third and short yardage, to have a back in there that can keep the chains moving and can control the time of possession. I think that's going to be huge for Purdue today. And, you know, it's also – when you talked about Texas Southern struggling to stop the run, and, and, and it looks like to me, Prairie View and them were very balanced uh, last year. Now you're bringing an extra running piece. I, it, it, do you think Prairie View and them will still get this for, from a Texas Southern uh, vantage point? Stop the run, and we'll just live with uh, Prairie View throwing the football and taking our chances with that. Or will we see Texas Southern uh, look at one of the things? Can they improve enough defensively to be better in the run game, stopping the run game? Well, I, I think that's the big thing, and that's the, the big question that's hanging out there uh, for Texas Southern in terms of trying to stop the run game. And and, that, and it's something we kind of saw a little bit last week with Jackson State, South Carolina State, and I talked with uh, T.C. Taylor, and that's uh, one of the things that is going to be curious to see if that becomes sort of a trend line in terms of, teams using more two tight end sets, three tight end sets, trying to beat you up physically at the point of attack. Even over my shoulder now, I see, I've seen Colorado with some uh, uh, two and three tight end sets and things of that nature. So I'm, I'm very curious in terms of uh, if you've seen that has been a particular weakness, if you just continue to, you know, kind of put your finger in there and continue to exploit it. The physicality at the point of attack and a lot of the national prognosticators a few years ago said the tight end was a lost art yeah. as far as getting them more I- I- involved in offensive. So maybe we'll see that trend. Let's see if that continues early on. With um, switching now to FAMU and Jackson State, it's going to be interesting what you think about this game. We've talked about it. Can FAMU finally get it done? Jackson State, Coach Sanders is not there. Maybe it's a drop-off. We see that wasn't the case. And Bishop, just if you disagree, tell me. Mm-hmm. Is this week a better indication of is Jackson State that great or South Carolina State that bad? And what, uh, does it fall somewhere in between? Is this game tomorrow a better indication of how A, it wasn't no fluke. Jackson State pounded South Carolina State and they're really a good team, or they may not be where they need to be mm-hmm. because South Carolina State really didn't have it offensively. Is it somewhere in between? What, what do you think? 
I think it is somewhere in between. I think uh, one of the things I take a look at with this Jackson State team, they did check the box last week because when we think of South Carolina State, we think of physicality, and Jackson State won at the point of attack. They won on the offensive line. They won on the defensive line. But it is also true, I think they step up in weight class, if you will, boxing reference, uh, in terms of taking on a Florida A&M uh, football team, and especially a Jeremy Musa who can challenge them more vertically than Corey Fields did last week. I think that's going to be huge to see a, if he has the time to be able to uh, challenge Jackson State's secondary, because that's one of the things that stuck out to me last year. Jackson State's defense really flew around all over the place and just made him completely uncomfortable in the pocket uh, last season. The question becomes, with the added help, uh, the, the Cardell Thomases, if you will, uh, along the offensive line for Florida A&M, will they give him an opportunity to go against what still looks to be a ferocious uh, pass rush with Jackson State? And the thing that even scares you even more about Jackson State was they kept fresh bodies rolling in there. So that 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 pressure stayed on Corey Fields all night. Charles Edmund, it would seems to me what uh, Bishop just said, FAMU has to get some production on first down and running the football because if they're third and long, Jackson State defensive line were eating last week, and, and it looks like that's where they prefer to get you at. Can FAMU muster up any uh, rushing attack? And then they have to be patient with it. If it's not working early, they got to still get the runs in because if not, they're going to pin their ears back. And that makes the favor of the, the pendulum swing to Jackson State's uh, favor. Yeah, I think, you know, Willie Simmons, as we know, is an offensive coach. And so he knows how to move pieces around defensively. Uh, I saw a little bit of Musa last year. I'm still seeing if, if he, I mean, he's, he's going to be the guy, but can he make that next step against a very good Jackson State defense? Um, I mean, and Charles Bishop said it. I mean, I, when I turned on the TV last week, the first thing I see Jackson State's offensive line blowing South Carolina State's defensive line off the ball. They were gaping holes every time that running back touched the ball. So Jackson State won the trenches on both sides of the ball. If that happens again tomorrow in Miami, uh, Jackson's going to win the game. And so the question to me is going to be offensively, what type of game plan does Willie Simmons draw up for Musa slowing the game down and slowing down, slowing down that aggressive defense? That's kind of what it is for me. If Jackson State – if Florida A&M is going to win the game, I think that's going to be the key for me. Willie Simmons and what kind of game plan he draws up. We know he's an offensive guru. We know what he can do, but can he get it done with this quarterback in without a doubt, the biggest game of the year for, for the, of the year, I think for Florida A&M, they've done everything. They checked all the boxes, but what be Jackson state. Yeah. And if they can't get it done tomorrow, it's going to be tough. Alabama state's coming. Bethune Cookman's got a new coach. Valley, I mean, there's nothing given there. And so I think for Florida AM, if they want to step up and if they want to be that team everybody's talking about in a positive way, they got to get it done tomorrow. If not, a lot of Rattler fans are going to be cussing them out because it's going to be, it's going to be very frustrating going forward. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what my friend Willie Simmons draws up against this Jackson State defense, which to me, and, and Carlos, I would agree that. It's hard to determine whether or not Jackson was just that awesome or was South Carolina State just that bad. I mean, I just didn't expect to see that. But we'll see tomorrow in terms of 
how Jackson State's offense gets it done. That's I'm sorry, Florida A&M's offense. That's kind of what I'm looking at tomorrow. Well, I'll be even more specific. O-line. Yeah. yeah. Because you could have Archie Manning back there, and if that defensive line that I saw last week get that type of pressure, and again, let's see. For, I always look at first downs. If, if, if they've got to get they got to be productive at first down. You definitely want to stay out of third longs against Jackson State. Any good football team, Southern Alabama State, Alabama State, strength defensively. What will yeah. Southern do on first down? You've got to have manageable third downs. If it's third and long, it just makes it tougher. However, with that being said, I think the quarterback that you have, the quarterback room at Southern, is capable of making adjustments. Last year, it was just last year. Oh, it it wasn't good. It wasn't good. On that note, Bishop, closing comments, if you care to uh, share some parting wisdom with us here on the Carlos Brown Show. Uh, you know, it's, it's week one of college football. Everybody's in action. Uh, I got football games up on my monitors here, back on my TV. Um, I'm looking forward to the game tonight, especially the classic. Uh, looking forward to a big crowd. Uh, there's a lot of buzz in Houston with regards to this game. Uh, and it's fun to have football back. And we're back right back in the thick of things. And I want to just say thank you to, uh, to you, Carlos, you, Charles. Uh, very appreciative for all that you poured into me uh, to get me here uh, to this point. So thank you, guys. Well done. And if you can, take a picture with um, another guy. Tell him I'll be calling on him. He'll be coming to Baton Rouge this year. Also, you'll be coming to Baton Rouge. Somebody said, how does Southern get so many home games? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's asking. (laughs) (laughs) But at home, sometimes comes even more pressure. You know, when you're on the road, it's you against the world. But um, Chatterbox, Larry Hill, take a picture and send it. Put it out on social media. <laughs> Will do. I asked about him. And no, uh, no. we appreciate you uh, coming on. And uh, I'm sure Dr. Cavill is tuning in. The Dean. The Dean. Appreciate, yeah, we we'll appreciate everybody. And, and let's see that other guy, Mike Washington, Mr. Analytical. <laughs> oh, my it was nice to meet him, Mike Washington. <laughs> we got to get him on as well. But uh, thanks for all that you do for HBCU uh, Sports and Athletics. And um, we appreciate what you've done. And keep up, keep up the great work. Will do. Will do. Congratulations. All right. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations. Whoop, Charles Bishop on the Coles Brown Show. We'll take a timeout. We went a little bit over. Hopefully my final guest for today's show. And Charles, I want to ask you, do you know him? Because last time he, he slipped your mind. But Maurice Hurst. Um, oh, yeah. New Orleans native. Played for Southern University. Played for um, the New England Patriots. Ah, look. I got to get used to saying that. But it is what it is. And speaking of that, Charles, the NFL is coming up. I had to talk a lot of NFL. Uh, in recent weeks, but uh, we'll be looking out. Will the Rams, will the Saints, who will have the better team? A a record. I think the Saints have a better record than the Rams, but maybe I can't be objective on that. Oh, no. Look, I am a Rams fan, true and blue, but I'm also brutally honest. 
you know, Matthew Stafford, I questioned the 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 trade to get him. You trade a young guy in Jared Goff, but yet they they went all in. They threw everything in the middle of the table and they got their Super Bowl. And that's great. But now what you got left? You know, what you got left? And I, I I'll say this, Carlos. I know you're a big Saints fan. My buddy Cedric Tillman is a big Saints fan. I actually like the Derek Carr pickup. I really do. I think he's a good short-term solution. He can get you a couple of years. At some point, you got to get a young quarterback. Another Mahomes, a Josh Allen. You know, Jameis, Jameis can give you whatever he can give you. But at some point, I think the Saints need to realize that you got to go in the draft and draft your young quarterback. Derek Carr, he's all right. That's what you hear. He's okay. But can he get you a lot of years? No. He's a good short-term solution. But I do like the pickup, though. I think he can sling it. You know, he's he's up there in age, but you clearly see he's a pretty good, he's a pretty good pickup. You got John Gruden that's kind of working behind the scenes. Um, you know, work with Dennis Allen. You don't know where that's gonna go, but hey, John Gruden's a great offensive mind. He's worked with Derek Carr. So I I really like the Saints more so than I like my Rams right now because Matthew Stafford had a bad year. He was not healthy. He wanted to get surgery. He didn't. The Rams were trying to trade him. He wanted Matt, they wanted Matthew Stafford to take a pay cut. He didn't. So, you know, just pay attention to that as we go through this year. If Matthew Stafford has another poor season, you know, the Rams might be ready to have to eat it and try to move on. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. You got your Super Bowl, but now what's next? Right now, nothing is next. You got young receivers. They can't, he can't communicate with those guys because they're young and he's old. So, it, it's hey, I love my Rams. I love them. But right now, we got a lot of issues going on. The price you pay for a Super Bowl win is life after a Super Bowl. We'll take a quick timeout. You're watching Nicole's Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax.
Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Maurice Hurst is running a little bit behind schedule. We're going to try to get him in, and we're going to have him as our guest picker, predictionologist for week one. But what we can do right now as we wait on uh, Mr. Hurst, last week, of course, uh, was week zero in the conference. Uh, Jackson State, all over South Carolina State. I've been eating enough crow. I'm not going to eat anymore. Jackson <laughs> State over South Carolina State, 37 to 7. Then Thursday night, uh, it was Tulsa uh, winning over UAPB, 42 to 7. Man, my, my cell phone was ringing off the hook. It's like, man, UAPB is up 7 to 0 over Tulsa. Via turnover, it got great field position. Final score, 42 to 7. Of course, in this week's schedule, week one, by the way, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Howard University. Um, they only lost by 10. And you say only lost by 10, but a tremendous offensive line, uh, running back, and uh, it may early on. I'll Look at my MIAC colleagues or my colleagues who cover the MIAC a little bit more closely. And again, it's early. It's early. But could we see a possible Howard, North Carolina Central? Those two teams vying for the number one position in the Middle Eastern Athletic Conference. Of course, North Carolina Central, defending champions, HBCU champions. Uh, but after one week, uh, great showing by Howard uh, University. Charles, today's schedule in the conference, of course, you have Central State uh, taking on Mississippi Valley State in Chicago. That's going to be a very interesting game. You got Hampton and Grambling State, 3 p.m. on the NFL Network. Will we see a lot of improvement from Grambling State? 
because Coach Hugh Jackson, NFL pedigree, Grambling State, they have an outstanding pedigree. Well, under Coach Eddie Robinson, what they've done, that's going to be a big one. Yes, Maurice Hurst is in. Uh, yeah, 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 Melanie, the Twitter uh, video. An interesting piece with uh, Harold Blood uh, talking uh, this week of, uh, about him being ready to lead this Southern University offense. Also on the schedule, Alabama and them at Vanderbilt, 6 p.m. ESPN Plus, Southern at Alabama State, 5 p.m. ESPN Plus, Alcorn State at USM, 6 p.m. ESPN Plus, Bethune-Cookman at Memphis, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Prairie View and them in Texas Southern, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and JSU Sunday versus uh, FAMU. No, not the uh, no, not the Willie Simmons. If we have time, we can get that one. But no, it's not 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 that one. I'm I'm talking <laughs> with, yeah. with with Melanie. But but Charles, a, a lot of good games in, in, in Week One. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if 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 I wasn't in Hattiesburg, I would be like Charles Bishop, having you know having monitors around and just watching these these other games. Um, you talk about Grambling, you know, it is a big year for Hugh Jackson as well. He's got Calvez, who's his quarterback, signed an NIL deal. We'll see if Grambling can can kind of get things figured out. Uh, Valley playing in Chicago, you know, you you got a new uh, coach there at Valley, a kind of a revamped staff, but you, you see them on social media. They're flying around, and Valley fans are really excited about what they have there. Uh, so a lot of really good games, of course, here in Hattiesburg, a lot of buzz in this state for Alcorn and USM. Um, Southern Planet, Bama State, looking forward to seeing how that's going to go. It's an hour kickoff earlier than what we got going on here in Hattiesburg. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing these teams. And, of course, tomorrow, Jackson State and Florida A&M. We've been talking all about that game. So if you love SWAC football, if you love HBCU football, this is this is what you want. And, and kudos, Carlos, to, to Howard, too. Um, you know, you talk about the – was it in Central Michigan or what, what, what team they play? Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan? Um, Eastern Michigan. Michigan. That's the kind of game you want to play to start. We've played Central Michigan in the past, um, and so I think those are the type of FBS. If you want to, if you want to go there, the Eastern Michigans, the Central Michigans are the ones you want to start off with. And kudos to Howard. They were down. They were down big, but they made a game of it. And so I think if you talk about moral victories, that's one that Howard can put in their back pocket and use that for something down the road. Yeah, in the chat room, G-Boom, uh, good afternoon time for some swag uh, football. So we do have the uh, SU clip ready. So whenever you're ready, Melody, you can fire it up. And then we'll uh, bring in uh, Maurice Hurst as our special uh, prognosticator for, for week one. And, and, and that's simply, you see Harold Blood. Uh, sitting in with his offensive lineman, and, and if and if you remember, he said being able to sit in with the defensive coordinator helped speed up some things that he will see on on the football field. And working with uh, uh, Willie Totten, uh, great pickup for Southern University. 
um, Willie Totten there and, um, you know, hands-on, played the position. Um, he has helped Harold tremendously. You see um, all the quarterbacks on the roster. They have two talented young freshmen that the, the future is bright up for them. Noah Bowden, as you see, going across the screen. And I think that's um, a transfer offensive lineman who's banged up a little bit from McNeese and uh, Travis um, Newsom, who's starting at um, on the offensive line as guard. But um, uh, just, just to have Coach Totten on there to, to be able to, you know, work with the quarterbacks, play the position. The, the room is much better. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say <laughs> the room is much better than last year. You've got quality and quantity. Now's Harold Blood time to shine. You know. Yeah, you know what? I, when I saw Harold Blood media day, of course, that's the first time I see him standing up. He's a lot taller than I thought. And so, you know, hey, uh, you got that, you got that, uh, you got that size there. And a very tempered kid, too. So I, I, I like his demeanor. You know, Todd named him early on, and it looks like he's he's lived up to the building and, and handling the pressures of the quarterback position. Yeah. Well, sorry about that. We were talking over over the video. <laughs> sorry about that. But um it's just, just, just great to have that experience. And um, he talked about Harold Blood talked about just having uh, Coach Todd in there to help out and someone he can lean on. Boy, it, it, this is strange. It is actually going to get some more rain in Baton Rouge. It is really dark. Interesting. As far as Montgomery, and I did pull that up. The high today will be eighty-five degrees. Low seventy-two. Uh. 30% chance of rain in Montgomery. But if it happens, it's going to happen um, before the 5 p.m. kickoff. Let's bring in Maurice Hurst. There doing, he goes. Maurice Hurst, how you doing, sir? I'm sorry I was talking so much. Uh, we, no. We're glad to, to get you on, my man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How you guys doing today? It's uh, football season now, so I know everybody, yeah. everybody ready right now. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you do you get still to this day a former football player still a football player do you get those vibes that this is kickoff time now absolutely absolutely even after all the years you still feel that vibe when it's like as soon as you turn the tv on you see it about to happen and you've been there and you kind of get that feeling so i it's it's a it's a good day for me just to be able to turn TV on and watch any game I wanna, you know how long I wanna, and watch the replays. So it's a, it's a fun time, even as a former player. So I know fans are just going crazy right now. Oh yeah, um, the Jaguar Nation travels well. Uh, they're going to be in force in Montgomery. Um, Maurice, did you have a chance to? Uh, I know you told me a couple of weeks ago you were going to hopefully have a chance to talk with Coach Dooley. Um, did you get a chance to talk to him? Yeah, and, I, and I, I don't know if this came up, but I'm gonna give a little secret. It's gonna be some fire today because when I <laughs> talked to Coach Dooley, he said he he had already kind of gotten into it with Eddie Robinson about who was gonna wear dark and who was gonna wear white. Oh so my goodness! Tried oh. to force Southern to wear the dark, and Dooley said no. So I I said so you got some kicking brewing already. So it's gonna be. It's going to be something. But um, he was very confident about his team. 
I did ask him about his quarterback, and I, I saw some confidence in him in the fact that Todd was there also. So I saw it wasn't a little a question. I think he's got confidence in his kid, and I think he's he's ready to kind of let things roll. But like you know, Coach Dooley likes to run the football, so if he could take the pressure off his quarterback with some runs, I think you know he's going to do good. But he sounds confident about his uh, quarterback. Wait a minute, Maurice Hurst. Is this a New Orleans thing? Wait a minute. Eddie Robinson's from New Orleans. Dooley's from New Orleans, and you're from New Orleans. Is that? Do y'all have chips on your shoulder? Don't let me talk about Baton Rouge now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Look, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a game today, and I think everybody's ready. Uh, obviously, you got both Dooley and Eddie Robinson from the city, so you got your fans over here, your fans over there, and I think it's gonna be a. It's a tough one to start out with, but I think it's going to be a good one. Well, you're absolutely right, and we've talked about it here on this show. Expectations, high for Southern. This Southern is the standard, their motto. I wouldn't have it any other way. Expectation is high, and Coach Dooley, he understands it. Coaching under Coach Pete Richardson, um, he knows he has to get out and, and get it done. Today would be a great start, and he has a motto of always – just win the week. For this week, you want to go one and zero. Yeah, I think you. I think you're right about that, and I think the expectations are high, and I think he he understands it. And uh, you know, I, I don't put the whole season on game one, but the fact that you need this game, you want it, you like to have, it, especially starting out the season because it builds confidence. And uh, I think they're gonna. The one thing I they really want to see is they want to play hard. They want to play smart football. And uh, I think a lot can come out of this first game for them because it's a, it's a tough start, really, if you look at the conference and the games that they got coming back-to-back. Back. It's just going to be a tough one, and you can't lose too many in the beginning and make it happen in the end. So I think you're right. It's a good game to go and uh, play well and try to get under your belt. Well, he also talked about tempo, and, you know, he talked about that last year, but he seems him, me and Coach Dooley, and in fall camp, they really pushed it. And so we'll we'll see if all of that will help as far as the, the tempo. With that being said, we got you here. We got a lineup of games for this week, and we just want to get your predictions on it. First game, Central State and Mississippi Valley State. Mississippi Valley State, a new coach, a new mentality. They're playing in Chicago. They're confident. Who do you like in this ball game? I look at that game, and I, I, I think both of them had um, a couple losses at the end of last season. But I'm thinking Mississippi Valley State may be able to pull that one out. I, I throw Mississippi Valley State, they, they won a few games at the end also. And um, I think this is one with a new team. They're going to be fired up. There's going to be, you know, guys are going to be there. So I think Mississippi Valley State will get that, that win. Well, I, I think I can maybe answer for Charles Edlin, but uh, I know he, he, he likes Mississippi Valley State. You always talk about their ever improving, uh, have a rich history. I think they have enough to get it done, Charles, against uh, Central State. Yeah, you know, it's the same mantra for me. Anytime a SWAC team goes outside of the conference, I'm pulling for that SWAC team, whether it was Jackson, South Carolina, whatever the case. Uh, you know, Valley's in transition, but I like what I'm seeing from Mississippi Valley just in terms of the tempo and just the energy from the coaches and everything. So I, I, I think Valley's on the up and up, and I think 
they'll find a way to get this one. So I'm 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 thinking Mississippi Valley. Uh, I would have to make it a consensus. Uh, I like Mississippi Valley State as well, and I, and I like Coach Wade and the new energy that they brought in, and um, they can only go up. Hampton and Gramlin State. What is a Brick City Classic? Wow, Maurice. Now Charles is a Gramlin State alum. Hampton, of course, moved to another conference. 3 p.m. The NFL Network. Who do you like? I'm going Gramlin State in that one. I'm going with ground. Now you know you know I don't want it, but I'm going ground the <laughs> I'm putting my money on gravel this weekend. I think they're going to be able to handle that. Uh, it's an experienced team. Uh, the coach, you know, just, I think he's going to demand a lot. Like you said, the expectations there are high, also. So I think we're going to have a good football game. But I think Gravel will pull that one out. Charles. You know these these games that we're talking about here bring another another layer of pressure to me. You know we talk about playing up to start, but how about opening up against HBCUs like Valley, you know, like Grambling? That brings a little extra spice to it because you're playing teams on your level. So there is pressure clearly. Um, I'm a Gramlinite. I think Hugh Jackson. I love his suited media day. I think uh, I think Grambling will have. <laughs> I'm not a fashion faux pas, but I I, I kind of like what he brought to the table. Uh, but I think with Calvez, he clearly has identified Calvez as his quarterback. He's got an NIL deal. So he's he's the guy. And I think Grambling will find a way offensively. Edward Thornton on the defensive side for Grambling. I think Grambling's D will, will, will bow up. I, I have Grambling winning that game. Well, I'm going to be pulling for Grambling State because they're in the Southwest Athletic Conference. But I just – I'm just not confident right now of Grambling State. And, and maybe I can't be objective. <laughs> I, I, I think Hampton keeps it close and they pull it out in the end. But I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I really do. Now let me move on quickly. <laughs> Alabama and them playing up against Vanderbilt. One of these uh, playoff type of money games. No doubt about it, Vanderbilt will win. It's how much they will win by. But I want to see Alabama and them at least come in and compete entry-free. And they said the most improvement comes from game one to game two. I hope so in this case. Um, I like Vanderbilt, 6 p.m. ESPN Plus. I just like Vanderbilt in this ball game. Maurice? Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think you got to approach that game where – even though you can't put all the pressure on your players, as a coach, you know Vanderbilt is just better. But you want your players to be there, kind of be focused. You want to get as many good plays as you can. But I think that that would be a point spread deal if you had to make a decision on that game. But it's it's Vanderbilt all the way. Vanderbilt, period. Easy. There we go. That's what I like. A, a quick answer. Another playoff game. We're in a series of them now. Allcorn State, USM. Charles, who was the guy? Former Southern Miss player that says, and we can't say all the language that he used on the podcast, but he was very confident that they could score 70 points. Shame on him. I, I don't believe they'll score 70 points at Allcorn. I'll be bitterly disappointed if that happens, playing up or not. With that being said, I, I like USM in this game, but they're not scoring 70 points. 
No, I think Cedric Thomas, our defensive coordinator, I talked to him on Thursday. I don't think that's happening. I don't see it happening. Um, I think our defense is going to get after it. So I, I think for the Braves, early on, when you're playing up like this, early in the game matters. You've got to tussle and you've got to be in it early because the game gets away from you really, really quickly. Big play here, kickoff return, punt return, whatever. Momentum changes quickly. Braves have to stay in it early. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I USM. I, I don't know about how many, but um, I mean, it's not it's not good sportsmanship to talk, you know, to talk like that. But you know, I, I think they, they they have to do the same thing: go out and try to play hard, play tough. Obviously, you're playing against a you know a much stronger team than yours, obviously, and, uh, and, and just try to come out and healthy, and, and hopefully, you guys can learn from it. And those guys get confidence if they can. Be in a game, whether it's one half or, you know, one and a half, they get confidence from that, and that, that rolls over to when they play in their conference, they feel comfortable that, hey, we can handle a, you know, USM or whatever. But uh, other than that, I, I would just say that's going to be a lopsided game. Yeah, and, and, and we see these type of games all the time, and I've made my feelings known about it. Um it's unfortunately you'll see more of these type of games. Grambling State next week will be in Baton Rouge to play LSU. So it, it's it, it's a money game. It is what it is. Um, so we'll move on. Another one. Uh, Bethune Cookman, a first year coach at Memphis, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The same scenario. If, if, if you're BCU, like Hong Kong, if you can win a quarter, quarter and a half, two quarters, you can build build on that. But uh, I think Memphis will be a little bit too tough for Bethune Cookman, Charles. Yeah, you, you know what's scary to me about these games? When it, when it gets away from you and we're in a new era of, you know, calling the dogs off, that's not happening now. And so when these games get out of hand, they get out of hand. And that and we're just in a new era. Teams want to win the, the, the court of public opinion. If they want to score 70, 60, whatever. And so I, I hope these games don't get away from us talking about other teams playing up. But, yeah, it's it, it's going to be tough with the new coach. He just got there a few months ago, you know, sprinting, trying to put everything together. It's going to be tough playing Memphis. Hopefully, uh, the Wildcats hang around as long as they can. Maurice? Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah it's, it's one of those same games. And, and uh, I mean, sometimes we don't see it, but it's about money. You know, you, you just hope that the players are, are you know, in, in condition enough. And, and your players are not – we're not afraid to play with them. Obviously, they've got depth over yeah. smaller schools. You know what I mean? they third and fourth players, the pros. So – I think you've got to go out there with an open mind as a coach and just just try to make sure that your team next try to execute. You know, if a guy beats him, that's that's just part of what it is. Sometimes these guys are just better, and um, just hopefully, you know, in football nobody gets hurt in this these type of games, and then just season tend to reel off after that. So hopefully, I'll come out uh, healthy after this game. One no. key stack, Carlos, 85-63. 85 scholarships versus 63 scholarships. Never changes. That's kind of, that's kind of the way you, you have to look at it. Yep, never changes. 63 can go into 85 at least one time with a remainder. <laughs> yeah. Ma- math doesn't change, but, hey, it is what it is. Prairie View and them at Texas Southern, more two teams are alike. The Labor Day Classic in Texas, 
We had Charles Bishop talking about uh, this game uh, coming up tonight. I, I'm going to go with Prairie View. I mean, to me, they have the, the most players returning. Let's see how their quarterback improves. I'm still not sold on Texas Southern. And guess what? I'll get email from Texas Southern fans. You know, they got Andrew Body, all Mr. Wonderful, terrific. But the last time I looked, let's see if the pieces around him have developed enough. And then defensively, can they stop the run? Can they be, have improvement in that area? I still say Prairie View and them at the end of the day continue their streak and they'll defeat. Texas Southern. Charles, you look like you're going to take Texas Southern. Yeah, I, I've, you know, my, my my mother used to say, go with your first mind. And my first mind all offseason has been Texas Southern's going to turn the corner here. Because if not, win. There's a lot at stake, a lot of pressure on body, a lot of pressure on McKinney. I do think Texas Southern's much improved. That defense is improved. I think body has some pieces around him. If he just doesn't become Superman, and just let the game come to him. I, I kind of see that temperament in him. I'm going to take a flyer, and I'm going to say Texas Southern's going to get it done today. Mm. Clark Kent versus Superman. They're the same character. I'm leading with I'm leading with Paraview on this one here. And uh, obviously, they played some good football down the stretch. Last year, you know, and they've, they've scored a lot of points. So I think this one, I think Fairview A&M will be able to pull this one off. And, and both teams are under pressure. Both teams had a chance to represent the West. Yes. And they didn't get it done. It's all, as Charles Evans said earlier, it's about finishing. And I think Fairview will finish. Last but not least, Sunday, the game. One of many. Jackson State and FAMU. Of course, Maurice, FAMU has only lost to Jackson State in the last conference game the last two years. Can FAMU now get it done? And if they get it done, I don't want to hear about, well, Coach Sanders is not there anymore. Yeah. Guess what? The cover is not bad at, at, at Jackson State. Who do you like in this mega matchup on ESPN? It was, it was a tough one. I looked at it, and – I, I would lean Jackson State only because Jackson State has played a football game already. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's going to be the first game for Florida and them. And um, I think that little edge that – and they play well, too. That's what, and, and I think they have that little bit of edge in terms of the players are already comfortable. They've, they've got a game under their belt. I think they may just pull that one out. But I think you're looking at probably the best game of the day right there. That's gonna in the swag. That's gonna be HBCU. So I think that's gonna be the game outside of the Southern game. That's gonna be the. There's gonna be some battles, but I think Jackson State might have a little edge in that they played the game already and they're a little more comfortable, and uh, they might get that one only because of that game being played. Charles, the most improvements between game one and game two, the old cliche goes. Yeah, I've I've been I've been vacillating with this game ever since last week, because three weeks ago, I had Florida A&M big time. Not saying a blowout, but I had them winning the game. But after watching Jackson State, uh, uh, you got to pause a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with Florida a I'm going to stick with what, I, what I've what i been thinking for the whole offseason. I think this is FAMU's opportunity. 
And I think the lessons learned from last year, Willie Simmons got to find a way to get that offense going. And if they do that, they'll win the game. Um, I'm going to stick with my prediction that I've had all offseason. Florida a and I'm, I'm going with them. This is their time. If not this time, I don't know when. And I think this is the opportunity that they need, and I think they'll take advantage. Well, it's like two souls battling in a body. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> well, what I saw last week with Jackson State defensive line, if they get that kind of pressure again, they're going to make it very uncomfortable. Can FAMU muster any running game? they got to transfer in from Nebraska. FAMU has not run the ball well the last few seasons. With that being said, just based on what I saw last week, although I got FAMU winning the East, and they still can do that, breaking news, I think Jackson State gets it done again. And they defeat FAMU, but I still believe FAMU will win the East. So that means Jackson State will still have a slip-up. But I'm going with... Uh, I'm going with my head on this one. Jackson State will win another tough battle, but it won't be a 59-3 blowout. Oh, my goodness. If that happens again, I'm turning it at halftime. I want to see a competitive game, and I think family will give it to them. So that's my um, final prediction on that. Maurice, the New Orleans Saints. Uh-huh. NFL. David Carr. Kit- under or over nine wins are under for the Saints. It's right on that borderline. I would probably say under. Wow. Mm. I, you know, by the way, I, I wish the Saints would have uh, 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 picked you up, but hey, with the New England Patriots, <laughs> hey, that conversation there, but wow. Yeah, they, they, they're bored. I'll just be honest. And the Saints are trying to win now. I'm just not sold on the coach, but I could be wrong. Well, you, well, you had another coach. You had another coach in the background that's been working with with that offense. You know who that is. We talked about it. His name is John Gruden. Uh, anyway, we're gonna. Hey, hey, hey. Look, we're we, that we, your we, clip and save file. We, we, we've got to uh, end the show in, anyway. Uh, we're literally, uh, Maurice, we appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And uh, we'll talk with you again real soon. Absolutely, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Let's see what happens. You know what my eyes will be on what game, but I'm going to be watching that Alabama State Southern game. So I think, oh, yeah. I think you're ready. And I'll see right. you all again. All right. Thanks a lot. That's Maurice Hurst, former Southern University great, New England Patriots. I want to thank Melanie, our producer, Charles Edmund, all of our guests, Charles. We literally, we literally have to go. There you go, Edward. Jags exterminate the Hornets next 24 to 14. I got the Jaguars winning 31 to 14. 17 points. Am I crazy? Some have said that. But um, I think offensively, they're going to showcase. And if Dooley gets a chance, He's going to make sure to put up some points. 31-14, Southern University. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I gave a prediction. I think Southern's going to win the game. Um, I think they're just the most experienced team, the more explosive team. But I tell you what, if Bama State's defense stands tall, just like your guest the last hour, a low-scoring game would favor Alabama State for sure. But if I had put some money on it, I would bet on the Jaguars. On that note, everybody, peace. God bless. 
Go Jags. We'll see you next time for the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Thank you.